Hi, and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast, Season 2, Episode 32. I'm Sonia Wood, and I'm really glad you joined me today, because today I'm going to share a short story with you from Tiger and Tom. That is Tiger and Tom and other short stories for boys. In fact, this is a little short story is taken out of the Tiger and Tom and other short stories for boys book, <laughs> which is already narrated. The whole book is narrated. It's available for you. If you would like the whole book, there's about 70 stories, I think, in it. And I'm just sharing with you in the podcast a couple of especially chosen ones or specially chosen ones. Um, and today's one is no exception. It is a very special story. And I'm not even going to tell you much about it because I think it's just so worth the listen. But what I do want to tell you about is the fact that these stories were um, written in the late 1800s. And I've already shared this in previous podcasts, but just as a refresher to prepare you to listen to the story, because it is an old world story written in the late 1800s. And in fact, what happened is these short stories were collected from various sources and they were put into a collection of four volumes, which were then compiled into one volume, which is the one that um, we have available for you as an audiobook. But there's a whole lot more about that, actually, the fact that they use these in orphanages, these short stories in orphanages. But I am just keen for you to get to listen to this next short story because it really is something very special. There's a lesson in it, a lot of lessons. So you take from it whatever it is that speaks to you. And so here it is. It is called Stand By The Ship. In case you're wondering what Stand By The Ship means, it's actually a phrase that was used all those years ago. I don't know if it's still used in today's modern language, but I really think it's a worthwhile phrase for us to know about and learn about and actually maybe even share with our children and use as a quote just to help us to stand by the ship. <laughs> so here it is. You'll find out all about what the meaning of that is in the story. Thanks for listening. Stand by the ship. Do, Grandmother, tell us about the little drummer boy whose motto was, Stand by the ship. Grandmother is not used to telling children stories, but if you will be quiet, she will try. And this is the story she told us. During one of the fiercest battles of the Civil War, the colonel of a Michigan regiment noticed a very small boy acting as drummer. The great coolness and self-possession of the boy as displayed during the engagement, his habitual reserve, so singular in one of his years, his orderly conduct, and his fond devotion to his drum, his only companion except a few well-worn books. All these things, unusual in one so young, had attracted notice, both from the officers and the men. Colonel B.'s curiosity was aroused, and he desired to know more of him so he ordered that the boy should be sent to his tent. The little fellow came, his drum on his breast and the sticks in his hands. He paused before the colonel and made his best military salute. He was a noble-looking boy, 
the sunburnt tint of his face in good keeping with his dark, crisp curls. But strangely out of keeping with the rounded cheeks and dimpled chin was the look of gravity and thoughtfulness in the serious, childish eyes. He was a boy who seemed to have been prematurely taught the self-reliance of a man. A strange thrill went through Colonel B.'s heart as the boy stood before him. Come forward. I wish to thank you. The boy stepped forward, showing no surprise under the novel position in which he found himself. I was very much pleased with your conduct yesterday, said the colonel, from the fact that you are so young and small for your position. Thank you, colonel. I only did my duty. I am big enough for that if I am small replied the noble little fellow. Were you not very much frightened when the battle began? questioned Colonel B. I might have been, if I had let myself think of it. But I kept my mind on my drum. I went in to play for the men. It was that I volunteered for. So I said to myself, Don't trouble yourself about what doesn't concern you, Jack, but do your duty and stand by the ship. Why, that's sailor's talk, said the colonel. It is a very good saying if it is, sir, said Jack. I see you understand the meaning of it. Let that rule guide you through life, and you will gain the respect of all good men. Father Jack told me that when he taught me to say, Stand by the ship. He was your father? No, sir. I never had a father, but he brought me up. Strange, said the colonel, musing, how much I feel like befriending this child. Tell me your story, Jack. I will tell it, sir, as near as I can, as Father Jack told it to me. My mother sailed on a merchant ship from France to Baltimore, where my father was living. A great storm arose. The ship was driven on rocks, where she split, and all hands had to take to the boats. They gave themselves up for lost, but at last a ship bound for Liverpool took them up. They had lost everything but the clothes they had on. But the captain was very kind to them. He gave them clothes and some money. My mother refused to remain at Liverpool, though she was quite sick, for she wanted to get to this country so badly so she took passage in another merchant ship, just going to New York. She was the only woman on board. She grew worse after the ship sailed. The sailors took care of her. Father Jack was a sailor on this ship, and he pitied her very much, and he did all he could for her. But she died, and left me an infant. Nobody knew what to do with me. They all said I would die. All but Father Jack. He asked the doctor to give me to him. The doctor said, Let him try his hand, if he has a mind to. It's no use. The little one will be sure to go overboard after its mother. But the doctor was wrong. I was brought safe to New York. He tried to find my father, but did not know how to do it, for no one knew my mother's name. At last he left me with a family in New York, and he went to sea again. 
but he never could find out anything about my mother, although he inquired in Liverpool and elsewhere. The last time he went to sea, I was nine years old, and he gave me a present on my birthday, the day before he sailed. It was the last. He never came back again. He died of ship fever. But Father Jack did well by me. He had me placed in a free school at seven years of age, and always paid my board in advance for a year. So you see, sir, I had a fair start to help myself, which I did right off. I went errands for gentlemen and swept out offices and stores. No one liked to begin with me, for they all thought me too small, but they soon saw I got along well enough. I went to school just the same, for I did my jobs before nine in the morning, and after school closed at night, I had plenty of time to work and learn my lessons. I wouldn't give up my school, for Father Jack told me to learn all I could, and some day I would find my father, and he must not find me a poor, ignorant boy. He said I must look my father in the face and say to him without falsehood, Father, I may be poor and rough, but I have always been an honest boy and stood by the ship, so you needn't be ashamed of me. Sir, I could never forget these words. He dropped his cap, drum and sticks, bared his little arm, and showed the figure of a ship in full sail with this motto beneath it pricked into the skin. Stand by the ship. When I was twelve, I left New York and came to Detroit with a gentleman in the book business. I was there two years when the war broke out. One day, a few months afterward, I was passing by a recruiting office and went in. I heard them say they wanted a drummer. I offered. They laughed and said I was too little. But they brought me a drum and I beat it for them. They agreed to take me. So the old stars and stripes was the ship for me to stand by. The colonel was silent. He seemed to be deep in thought. How do you ever expect, he said, to find your father? You do not even know his name. I don't know, sir, but I am sure I shall find him, somehow. My father will be certain to know that I am the rat boy when he does find me, for I have something to show him that was my mother's. And he drew forth a little canvas bag, sewed tightly all around and suspended from his neck by a string. In this, he said, is a pretty bracelet that my mother always wore on her arm. Father Jack took it off after she died to keep for me. He said I must never open it until I found my father, and that I must wear it so around my neck that it might be safe. A bracelet, did you say? exclaimed the colonel. Let me have it. I must see it at once. With both his small hands clasped around it, the little boy stood looking into Colonel B's face. Then, slipping the string from over his head, he silently placed it in his hand. To rip open the canvas was but the work of a moment. I think I know this bracelet, stammered Colonel B. If it be as I hope and believe, within the locket we will find two names, 
Will Helena and Carlton. Date May 26, 1849. There were the names as he said. Colonel B clasped the boy to his heart, crying brokenly, My son, my son! I must now go back in my story. In the first year of his married life, Colonel B and his lovely young wife sailed for Europe, expecting to remain several years in southern Europe on account of the delicate health of his wife. He was engaged in merchandise in the city of Baltimore. The sudden death of his business partner compelled his return to America, leaving his wife with her mother in Italy. Soon after he left, his mother-in-law died. Mrs. B then prepared to return to Baltimore at once, and took passage on the ill-fated steamer which was lost. Vainly he made inquiries. No tidings came of her. At last he gave her up as dead. He almost lost his reason from grief and doubt. Fourteen years had passed. He did not know that God in his mercy had spared to him a precious link with the young life so lost and mourned. Restless and almost aimless, he removed to Michigan. When the war broke out, he was among the first to join the army. There stood the boy, tears streaming down his cheeks. Father, he said, you have found me at last, just as Father Jack said. You are a great gentleman, while I am only a poor drummer boy. But I have been an honest boy, and tried my best to do what is right. You won't be ashamed of me, father. I am proud to call you my son, and thank God for bringing you to me just as you are. My little hero is now a grown man, and as the boy was, so is the man. Stand by the ship. The motto which served him so well while a boy is his motto still.